I was really late getting home last night and my wife was livid until I explained to her that the guy right next to me had lost a hundred dollar bill. Then she changed her tune. She said, that was really nice of you. Sorry for getting so mad. Uh, did you ever find it? Yeah, that that's why I'm late. I had to wait for the guy to leave before I could go get it. <laughs> Welcome to Lost and Found Christmas Edition. Episode number two of Modern Day Nerds that I do with Joe Mojo McCarthy of Mojo Studio, which is one of our brother studios in Southern California. In this episode, we're going to go deeper into Kerbobble, Happy Life Studios, episode 392, because there's so much more to say that I couldn't cover in our regular Happy Life Studios podcast. Now, I haven't created a formal intro for Modern Day Nerds yet, so this is the informal one instead. Grab some snacks, join us in our digital living room, as Mojo and I help you keep the happy in your holidays and the merry in your Christmas. By the way, if you prefer podcasts in video form, MDN is also on YouTube. I will leave a link in the show notes, or you can go to our YouTube page and click the live button. Now enjoy, and have a happier holidays. Welcome to Modern Day Nerds, part two, or take two. This is uh, Joseph Mojo McCarthy with my... Uh, compadre in insanity. That's me. Steve-O Hayes. Steve-O, welcome to the Modern Day Nerds. What's Joe, up? welcome to the Modern Day Nerds. We've been welcome <laughs> to the Modern Day Nerds for a long time. We just didn't have a title. That's right. Now it's official. It's what official. Been... <laughs> we have a title now. Yeah, the suspicion has been there for decades. And now People it's have official. known, they've always said, and now it's just old, no, no hat. No We've heard deal. the rumors behind behind the scenes underneath everyone's breath. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. yelling from across the way. Shut up, nerd. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> we went to school when bowling was cool. Yeah. Although uh, I think bowling was against the rules because it might lead to dancing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Steve-O and I, for those that don't know, went to a very conservative, uh, what was then a Bible college is now a university, but uh, the rules and regulations there, when I look back, I don't know how they talked to any of us into even going to that school. Oh, my word. So crazy. Yeah. When my son my son ended up going to it, and he's wilder than I, I was, I think. I don't know. We were pretty crazy, but poor guy, man. Poor guy. <laughs> but our crazy was all good jest, you know, good and good fun. We yeah. weren't trying to. You're exactly right. We weren't trying to demean anybody, belittle right. anybody, do any damage to anybody, yeah. you know. We weren't trying to break the law, although oftentimes yeah. we were bending the rules. That's right. We were, we were, but that's because the rules were stupid, and they, they were, were meant to be bent. Absolutely, <laughs> meant to be bent. There's my new book. Meant the rules to be were bent. meant to be bent. That's that's your life story right there, man. That is my life bent. story. <laughs> Only you, you got smart. You you left after a couple of years. You had had enough. I'd been and bent I, enough. I, yeah. I got turned into a pretzel there, so I thought, no, I need to straighten things out a little bit. So I took off. Yeah. My mom was kind of worried because I'd only gone to school then for two years. And statistically, once you leave college, uh, it's a very low percentage of people that actually go back to finish. So my mom was torn because she was supportive of my opportunity to travel and to play my trumpet, but quite worried that I wouldn't ever go back and finish college. But, you know, my mom raised me well. I finished college and I actually got a master's degree. So there you go, mom. Thank wow, you. Wow, look at that. And now you're working. I'm working, right, still. Still working, even after all these years. Still working after all these years. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's working, but I am definitely yeah, working. Yeah, I know, man. 
more and more gets broken the older I get, I swear. That's right. I tell people all the time, I said, the older I get, the more attractive heaven becomes. Yeah, not the truth. I used to hate it when all the old people in church, and I was a preacher's kid, so I grew up in church, and they kept talking about heaven, and I was like, do you not like living here? I mean, because I'm supposed to, honestly, we are supposed to enjoy life here. That's really what God wants, like that quote from St. Irenicus, is it, that says, the glory of God is to see man fully alive, you know, and that's how he wants us. But, you know, the older you get, you begin to realize, man things just stop working like they used to work and life can have a toll on you. And yeah, you know, it, yeah, we've been you know, through a lot the last few years. Holidays yeah, can have a toll, a exactly. huge toll on you, yeah. which kind of thought we could kind of maybe talk about that a little bit. Cause you know, both you and I, Joe, we're all about, we want to help people. You know, that's what our calling is. That's what our life's goal. Our life's mission is, is to, you know, is to help people. And that's kind of even reason why we're doing this. We're not just doing this because we want to hang out with each other. However, that is a bonus to it. But Seriously. we're doing this because, I mean, the holidays can get pretty crazy. How would you put it the other week? Um, holidays can, how you spell days, you know, is really important, right? Yeah. goes from the holidays to the holidays, D-A-Z-E, in yeah. a heartbeat. And it's really interesting, you know, the dynamics of the holidays, Steve-O, and I'm glad we're talking about this because, most people that I know, including myself, about two months out, you know, you get to throw on Thanksgiving and you get all this excitement and anticipation the holidays are coming. But then the reality sets in of all the obligations that come along with that, all the expectations, and then, of course, the unmet expectations, which then begin to suck that joy right out of it, which is, it's it's, it's unfortunate. And I think that's really why Steve-O and I are here today, is to ask each other, and to propose to you who tune in, how do you maintain right the joy to the world? I was just singing the song yesterday with my my little brand new college choir. We only had six voices because some people couldn't make it and others were sick, but it's, it's all right. We're stand, we're there in front of the in front of the student body, just singing our hearts out. And to make them smile, to make the choir smile, I always say, "Don't forget, choir." Joey to the world, and they all light up. Joey to the world, that's funny, right? But how, how do you preserve how do you preserve the Joey? You know, Joey's the little boy inside of me. How do you preserve that, that really wondrous anticipation of Christmas, especially as you get older and Christmas becomes more of an obligation than an invitation, right? Right, right. You know, the whole concept of Christmas, that, 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 that hymn, that, that Christmas carol that we all know, that we've been singing since we were kids, Joy to the World. It's not about joy to me. That's part of it because I'm part of the world, but you know, the whole point of Christmas is joy to the world. Whether you, if you believe in God, the, the creation story and the story of Jesus coming to earth as a baby, the son of God, God himself becoming a baby, right? What a cool story, right? But it's all why he did that was to set people free, you know? And if you don't believe in God and you just follow the Santa story, Santa's the same way. He was called a saint. He was Saint Nicholas, right? <laughs> and he was right. about helping people you know that that's what the whole story is about is helping other people yeah like well, you know i think a lot of how uh the wonder and imagination of christmas so when you're a little uh i don't know about you you grew up in the same era as me so you know i got rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and frosty the snowman and it's these stop action figures which in today's modern 3d ai world seems absolutely rudimentary right, right. but there's still right. something something quite nostalgic and quaint and magical about these little figures that kind of jerk themselves around and, and Rudolph's talking, you know, with his mouth open and his little light bulb 
lights up that, mm-hmm. that just strikes way down inside of me that makes makes me feel like a kid again right and yes yeah. i could i could overanalyze it and say how ridiculous and how stupid and this this doesn't meet the modern day standards of whatever but quite honestly some of those kitschy little old uh christmas programs you know or or the original grinch that was animated you know hand animated those those touch me deep down inside that some of the modern day things don't seem to capture right 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 i think that's what makes christmas so great for for us and for most people a lot of people i know it's difficult for some people as well uh but it's that that we've been talking about that a lot in our podcast happy life studios podcast we've been talking about that um but those are moments because those are moments. Christmas reminds us of our childhood. It reminds us. And, and the, the point that I talked about, you know, last week's episode is that, is that moments are usually memories for us, you know? And when you look back on a memory, when you're living it, it doesn't seem to be so nostalgic. doesn't seem to be so great. doesn't seem to be so wonderful. But when you look back on it, it is. And I think, you know, honestly, it is that that wonderful. I just think that when we're living in the present, we're not paying attention to that. Christmas is full of moments. It's full of those moments that, that bring warmth, that remind us of what happened, you know, in the past. But my whole thing that I was talking about last week's episode was, you know, today is tomorrow's moment, right? Today, nothing's fancy today. I'm not going to write a book about today, whatever, but you give me a year, you give me a few months, you give me a few years, and I just might. When I look back on this moment today, I'll look at it differently than what I look on it right now. The point I'm trying to make is, is that we can live in the moment right now. We don't need to wait until it's a memory. You know, we go through Christmas and we remember our childhood. And a few years from now, we're going to remember Christmas this year. We're going to remember something about a moment this year. And, you know, the, the people, a lot of people get lost at Christmas. It's overwhelming. They make yeah. it bigger than what it really needs to be, right? The simplicity of Christmas is a beautiful thing. But I say, instead of getting lost at Christmas, why don't we get lost in it? Yeah, say that again. So good. Instead of getting lost at Christmas, why don't we get lost in Christmas? In other yeah. words, we call it getting lost in the moment. But I'm not so sure we could, should call it that. I think we should be called getting found in the moment right so good yeah getting found I mean, in we're the lost moment. oftentimes we're lost I'm, I'm i'm doing all this talk i'm sorry joe a lot That's of times we're 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 not into our moment right now because we're lost in the past we're lost in the future we're thinking not about this moment so we are lost in this moment right now mm. but when we get lost in the moment what we're really doing is getting present in the present right <laughs> getting present in the present yeah so good you you and Kristen and i have talked about the difference between presence the gifts ts and presence yeah as in being here e-n-s-e presence and i i firmly believe stronger every day that the most valuable present that we can give is our presence and that's not just to others which it is to others but it's also to ourselves as you said you know today's moments are tomorrow's memories and so we are actually we have the opportunity, if we so choose, if we're mindful about it, if we're intentional about it, to create memories in this moment. In fact, that's the only way you create memories is in right. the present moment, right? right. That's where memories right. come from. But I, so the, yeah, go ahead. Well, the, you're on. You're on. Well, the word the word moment, right? Moment is the same root word of momentous or mm. momentum. Wow. Think of that. 
The word moment, which is what's wow. happening right here, right now, is the same root word as momentous and momentum. We can create something momentous and create momentum, but it has to start with moment. The words have to start with this present moment. Otherwise, it's just um. <laughs> um. They just told us, me. Right? Um. 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 Right. But you put, you put, you know, a moment in front of, um, you got a momentum, you know, and if you put the moment in front of us, you've got momentous instead of just us. Right. And this truly is a momentous moment right now. And when we learn to be in that moment, we can get lost in Christmas instead of getting lost at Christmas. And I'm telling you what, Joe, man, this year is different for me. And it's not because all the problems have gone away. You and I have both been going through some pretty deep stuff, right? Yes, sir. But Joe, I've been deciding to listen. I, I like doing these live casts. I like doing my podcast. I like, because I'm talking supposedly to other people. It's like the dog whisperer, that show, you know? <laughs> right. And that dog whisperer isn't really about the dog. It's about the, the owners of the dog, right? He's really talking to them, you know? And when I do these podcasts, I do these episodes with you, not only do things pop open in my brain, like you just blew my brain just a minute ago. This comes from a moment, right? But not only does my brain get blown open by those things, but it forces me to, I speak it out and then you begin to believe it. You begin to leave it, you know, and I've had, I've had a person tell me before, you need to listen to your own teachings, right? And me too. You know, that's a good, that's <laughs> a good thing to listen to, right? But yeah. this year I really, I really have, Joe, I've just been, I put away the pressure. We see all the movies that tell us to, but we don't, you know, we get moved by the movie and then we forget all about it. But I've been, I just haven't been carrying as much pressure on the presence I need to get, the money that I need to have, the, uh, the, the weariness that I have or whatever the case may be. I've been focusing on the moment and it all started when I listened, I, I turned my Christmas music on for the Christmas music on for the first time um, this, this season. Right. And like within the first or second song, I was just lost. I mean, something hit me out of nowhere. It just... You were found. You were found in the moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So our our language is really interesting. You know I love words. I'm a word nerd just like you. Yeah, you are. But but I love how you twisted this... Actually, I think you uprighted this uh, idea of getting lost in the moment. And I know that feeling where time kind of just stands still and hours go by and you have no idea what happened because you were so much in the moment. But I love that you changed that word from being lost in the moment to being found in the moment. I think it describes it so much better, right? Even as you're talking about, you're thinking of all the external obligations of the holidays and the things that I don't have and I think I need and I wish I had. And if I had, then I would be able to enjoy the holidays. Right. But the word enjoy, even though it's spelled E-N, I like twisting it and call it enjoy, I-N, enjoy. Right. Right. Because rather than looking for the joy out there, if I had the money and I had the gifts and I could do this and I do right? right. And that's, that's where the, that's where the joy goes out. <laughs> it's a drain because we're looking for the joy out there, but enjoyment means it comes from within enjoy, enjoy the holidays, enjoy your connection yeah. with God, enjoy the relationships you have in, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but I, I think I'm just more hyper aware of it than I've ever been in my life that anytime I'm looking for, something else to fulfill me, I'm admitting to myself that I'm empty, that I'm not enough, that I don't have whatever it is that would make me happy. So I'm, I'm going to be unhappy by default. 
what a terrible narrative I'm telling myself, right? But yeah. if I can say the joy, the happiness, the fulfillment, the purpose, the sense of connection isn't out there. It's actually in here all along. It's in me. Then I, can, then I don't have to feel like I have to have something else or something more in order to find the joy. The, I am in joy. I'm in it. Yeah. Don't you think that a lot of people kind of tend to do that over the holidays? Or maybe it's we do it anyway, but the holidays just magnify that, you think? Big time. Yes. Magnifies it. Exactly right. Yeah. I think the holidays, and, and I love the holidays. This is not a diss on the holidays. I'm so glad that we celebrate Christmas Agreed. and make a big deal of it. And yes, Yes, it does get rather commercialized and it can be overwhelming with all the ads, especially when, you know, the next greatest toy is going to change the world. We know that's not actually going to be right. the case. Right. Um, however, there's a part of me still that the little boy inside of me that's like, I want all the tinsel. I want all the lights. I want all the songs. I, I, I want to go to the, the place in Riverside where you have to wait in line for four hours to get to the place where there's 10 billion lights and just stand in the, in the awe of it like, how many people did it take and how long did it take to right. put all these lights up just for this, this season? Well, that to me, that indicates there is something really special about what's happening in this month every year. Well, well, it's just like, you know, all the treats that we have over Christmas, all the candy, all the sugar, right? All the drinks, all the, all the nerds, <laughs> all the nerds. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and those, those are meant to be treats. There's nothing wrong with, Pumpkin pie. Hello. Pumpkin pie is a beautiful thing. And the holidays are kind of a time where you're supposed to, I don't know, just enjoy it and stop worrying about all the, unless you have health issues where you need to worry about it. Of course. But holidays, you kind of get a little bit of a, a break with that, right? Like yeah. soda. Soda's not really good for you, but soda as a treat is okay. You know, a pumpkin pie piece of pumpkin pie is, it's, it's when it becomes the main thing that it gets messed up. And the other, they were actually playing my podcast coming up is actually going to be about, I talk a lot about the Grinch and um, because they were playing the Grinch from like 20 years ago, the Jim Carrey one, they actually had it at the right. theater. And is I was it like, already 20 years it. old? Holy cow. Yeah. Oh man, the memories of that, right? right. So, so to see it on the big screen again, I don't even know if I saw it on the big screen the first time. It was just, you know, it was really cool. But what I liked about the Grinch version is, you know, in the, the original version that we grew up with that you talked about that we love so much was just about the Who's and Whoville. They just had their act together. Right. You know, there were no problems with Who. It didn't unflappable, matter. right. And unflappable, yes. right? <laughs> you know, yep. but then in the in the Jim Carrey version, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, they go more into like a backstory. You know, they showed the struggle that the Who's actually had, right? right. It wasn't just like, I mean, this whole idea of, just be in the moment. Well, yeah, that sounds good, but it still takes effort. It still takes work. But the point I'm trying to get at here is that who's right. They, you know, Christmas meant more to them than just boxes, bags, tags, and bows or however it was worded. Right. But yeah. in, in this version of the movie, they, they lost, they got lost at Christmas. And it, it doesn't take yeah. long before that treat becomes the main, the main deal. Like I'm with you, man. I love all the lights, the movies, the sugar, the, I'm very nostalgic. I love all that stuff. But when Christmas becomes about that stuff and not about the people, not about the peace at that point, I need to revamp my thoughts, my perspective. I need to fix that because that's what gets us from being lost in Christmas, being lost in those moments to being lost at Christmas and making it about something that it's not. Yeah. I heard a perfect quote for this 
just recently, and I don't even know who the author was or if there was an author to it, but it said, oh, I do know where it was from. It was from Charlie Brown, the original Christmas movie. It's, you know, Christmas time, Charlie Brown, which that just makes me happy just saying that out of my right. mouth. Right, doesn't it though? Yeah, and Charlie Brown says this quote, and it won't be word for word, but what I remember is, it's not what's under the tree that matters, it's who's around the tree that matters. Mm, wow. It's not what's under the tree that matters, it's that matters. And if you remember the story, the tree they had was ridiculous. It was it was barely even a tree and it was all messed up. And Charlie Brown was, you know, being chastised as normal for screwing it up yet again. Good grief, Charlie Brown. Is yeah. this the best you can do? And then in a, a very Snoopy moment, and Snoopy's my hero, right? Snoopy and Woodstock decorate this little tree and, and all of a sudden it's it's beaming and the kids gather around and they sing this beautiful song, right? And and Charlie Brown says in his his very humble little voice. It's not what Matt, it's what's not what's under the tree that matters. It's who's around the tree. And boy, I didn't catch it until you were just talking about the Grinch. It's who's around the tree. Who's Whoville, right? It's who's. Wow. Did it again, Joe. So so Christmas isn't about the what or the where or the when. Yeah. Or the why. Christmas is about the who's. The Who Bill, Charlie Brown, Grinch. It's all about the Who. I wonder if Dr. Seuss didn't do that on purpose. It's quite possible, you know. I mean, yeah. And, you know, the. I remember when I used to watch Charlie Brown, I'm a little disappointed in Apple TV. I'm really bummed out the fact that they bought the Charlie Brown rights this year and they won't let anybody see it unless we pay for the subscription. And I understand it. Companies got to make money, right? But this is Christmas, man. It's about giving and everybody needs to see charlie brown and i just love it because it's a kid's cartoon right yeah. but the stuff that he says is so just like dr seuss that movie it's it's supposed to be for kids but really it's for adults it you know it goes deep but the whole charlie brown like well, the first time he bought that he was in charge of buying the tree i couldn't believe i always pulled for charlie brown that's the point of charlie <laughs> brown we always pull for him because all of us can relate totally you know? Yep. And when they, they asked him to get the tree, I was like, that's so cool. Don't blow it, Charlie Brown. You right. know? Yep. And then he goes and gets that little wimpy, wussy little tree. And, and inside, I'm like, Charlie, don't pick that one. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I remember for, seeing it for the first time, right? Even as a kid, the first few times, like, don't pick that one. No, don't pick that one. They're going to they're gonna nail you for that one. They're going to, yep. you're, you're having a hard enough time as is. Don't pick that one. But I'm telling you what, when I look at it now as an adult, oh, man. it's so heartwarming people they still they make that tree that you can buy you know the life-size charlie brown tree and you have to wrap the blanket around it that's kind of the story of christmas jesus is god right almighty god at the right hand of god the father right and the next minute he's just this little tiny baby boy this baby human that's like that little tree that you have to wrap the blanket around right to it's such a warming thought and you know we, we give weakness up a bad rap, right? We give meekness a bad rap, but there's something about weakness that shows strength, that shows comfort, that shows warmth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights right. says, my favorite Jesus, a sweet little baby Jesus in the manger, right? <laughs> now, what does he say? He says, everybody loves the baby Jesus. Right. Sweet little right. baby Jesus in the manger. He even prays to the sweet little baby Jesus yeah. in the manger, which it's a little, little, uh, they're nine pound, 15 ounce. <laughs> Baby Jesus, still a little, sac- little sacrilegious, but still pretty dang funny. But you know, just think of the extremes between the Grinch who stole Christmas, Charlie Brown, 
and Talladega Nights. They're all Christmas stories, and, and you can pick your favorite Christmas movie. But when it comes down to it, the Christmas movies and the Christmas songs that we love are the ones who do strip away all of the what and where and the when and the why, and they come down to the who, right? Because the who, even some people would say Christmas is about the why. Jesus came to save the world. And I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm saying if you make it about the story, you might actually miss out on the main character. It's a who. It's a baby. Jesus, it's about a person. It's not about a story necessarily because a story can easily be removed from the meaning of the story itself. We do this all the time, right? So I'm saying to myself, as much as I'm saying to anybody, the way to bring the purpose and joy and fulfillment and the greatness to the way to make the moments momentous and get momentum is to remember it's not about the what, the where, the when, the why. It's about the who. Who's. And the who, yeah, the who is in the whoville and you and I and the people around the tree and the one that brought it all together, the one that started it all, right? It's a who. Yeah. He's a who. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the Grinch, there's a reason he was a Grinch. I mean, yeah. I talked about in our last podcast uh, about how, you know, we should, you could very well title that movie instead of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, you could call it Who Stole the Grinch's Christmas because yeah. that's what happened to him. The, the Grinch was actually kind of a fun dude, right? He, he was mischievous, but he had a lot of life in him. The mayor was the boring one and the mayor is really the truly the Grinch, right? And the mayor, what does he want? He wants, he says a true Christmas is a Grinchless Christmas. And I think we fall for that same thing. We want to remove all the Grinches in our Christmas. And I'm not just talking about the the people that are obnoxious in our life or the obnoxious because, hey, I'll admit it. My family will tell you. My in-laws will tell you. I can be that obnoxious uncle quite a bit, right? That's my Guilty. job. Guilty right? as charged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but a Grinch is still a person, right? But it isn't just the people in our lives that bothers it. It's it's the other things too. There's all sorts of Grinchy things in Christmas. The the stress, the pressure, the pace, the the life, the 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 you know. And we want our Christmas to be Grinchless because we want it to be happy. But the Grinch is still Christmas. The star of the show is the Grinch, mm-hmm. and inside that Grinch was this warm. Incredible that it was asked to carve the ro- who's beast or roast beast or whatever, right? right? And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think we keep thinking to get happy, we got to get rid of the Grinch. To have a happy Christmas, we have to get rid of the Grinch. I talked about, you guys said something that it, this never came out of my mouth before until a couple of uh, podcasts we did as a modern day alchemist a couple ago when I just said, you know, we're trying to make Christmas perfect, but Christmas already is perfect. Just the way it is. Enjoy that moment. And you know that word? I looked at that word perfect comes from two Latin words, per, which means complete or completely, and persevis or pervase or something like that. I, or no, fasir, fasira. I don't know. I'm not a, okay. And I don't Thank mind you, that. Father. Thank Latin. you, Father, for blessing yes, us. Yes, or fasiri and pervase. <laughs> right. That simply means to do, you know, but perfection, we think it means, and it can mean without blemish, right? But, but really, originally, it means to be complete, to do something yeah. complete. And right. we can do Christmas complete. We can yeah. be complete and whole in Christmas if the presents don't all get wrapped the way we'd like them to, if the food doesn't turn out the way we'd like it to, if the if the Grinch shows up, we can still be complete, you know, in that moment. Well, I just want to make the point that you're making here and drive it home is that we think what we want is a Grinchless Christmas. But at the end of the story, 
the Grinch becomes a who. The Grinch is in the whole yeah. circle. He's singing the songs. He's cutting the roast beast, right? It's yeah. not a Grinchless Christmas. It's a change of heart of the Grinch himself, yeah. right? And I think a lot of these stories, we tend to pick one character and say, I, I'm the Lucy or I'm the Linus, I'm the Schroeder, I'm the Snoopy. When the truth is, yeah. our lives are really complex. They're yeah. very complicated. All of us are limitless in our possibilities. So all of the characters in those stories, there's there's a little bit of me in each of those, right? I'm not just one character in the Charlie Brown story. I'm all those characters in different moments, right? And right. so at there are moments, 100%. I am the Grinch. And I, if I say I want a Grinchless Christmas, I'm, I'm really saying... I want part of me to be left out. Right. Of the and then you can't be complete. You can't be perfect. Right. You know? Exactly. And, and that's, that's where I'm going with this is that I love the fact that you've equated perfection with wholeness. I think this is such an important thing. I, I hope people are kept, kept, kept catching on to this. In fact, you and I grew up in church. And so we heard this verse over and over again that has always kind of haunted me. Be perfect, even as I am perfect. Words of God. Hey, yeah. people. Hey, kids. Be perfect, even as I am perfect. And, and that's I'm what like, people try to do to this day. Yeah. And that's why how, they hate religion. How am I yeah. going to live up to that, right? Right. Because no I, know, I know more than anybody in the world, there's a Grinchy part of me. And the Grinchy part hasn't gone anywhere. So I'm like, well, I, I can never live up with that. And sometimes I just feel like, what's the point? That That's impossible, right? And then I found out just a couple of years ago that this word perfect can mean wholeness. Yeah. And so you change that. Be whole even as I am whole. Right. Well, in that case, there's hope, right? I can do that. That I means that I get to, that. That's yeah. right. It means I get to bring the Grinch that's inside of me and do the transformation. So the Grinch stays as part of me, just suddenly, instead of thinking that everything's wrong with the world because of my wounds and my trauma and all the things that, that planted the Grinchness in me, that can be transformed, not kicked out, not eliminated, just transformed, just, I use the word just as if it's a little right. thing, transformed, yeah. right? So that I become whole, all of the parts of me, good, bad, other, indifferent, become integrated. And suddenly that changes, that changes that verse for me. Be whole. That's what we all want. We want yeah. to integrate all the parts of us into something that's healthy, right? So that we become a whoville all unto ourselves. Right. And if the mayor would see the Grinch in him, right? The mayor, as as uh, our compadre on the modern day alchemist, Kristen Brown would say, you know, we she doesn't use the word broken; she uses uses the word wounded. I just wounded, I, yes. I'm, I've been using that a lot since I heard that from her. So good. But the mayor, Mayor Mayhu, was wounded, and I think the reason why he had to have a Grinchless Christmas because he didn't want to be reminded of the Grinch in him, of the wounds in him, of the brokenness in him. And I think oftentimes we try to hide at Christmas time. We try to cover over our unhappiness with this. And we're trying to make it happy by all the noise, by all the presence, by all the, you know, the whatever of Christmas. The externals, right? Yep. Yeah, the externals. And, and getting that's why we get lost at Christmas, because our world is full of all this wrapping paper, all this, you know, all this stuff versus getting lost in Christmas and seeing that, you know, I mean, the the mayor is the one who stole Christmas and the mayor that I have in my life is it's the same thing. The mayor that says Christmas or you have to be perfect, have to be without flaw. You yeah. have to be without blemish. You have to be perfect instead of you just need to aim at being whole, at being complete, 
And when we make Christmas perfection about we got to make sure everything is in its right place and everything happens just right versus let's just enjoy this. And, you know, if it doesn't get there, it doesn't get there. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But that mayor is in our lives, too. And if we're not careful, we'll get lost at Christmas and we can't get lost in Christmas at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. The mayor inside of us. That's so good, Steve, because the mayor inside of me wants to lay down the law. Everybody obey the rules, right? Yeah. How much fun did we ever have as a kid by always obeying the rules, right? right? The fun of being a kid is where can I bend to that? Where can I push that, right? Where do I find the flexibility in the rules where I can go a little bit outside the boundaries uh, without getting myself in too much trouble? Right. So, so to circle back to the beginning of this conversation, we're talking about Bible college and all the rules that was that we faced back in the 1900s, right? Going to Bible college. Right. And one of the rules, as you remember, was we would have a curfew, a limit of curfew. So we had to be in at a certain time in the dorms, which partly was for safety and, and partly was because they're trying to mom and dad all of us. But you could only miss, you could only be late so many, so many yeah. minutes in a semester and they would keep track of you when you came in. Okay. You were 14 minutes late. You were 16 minutes late. And you knew you had, I forget how much it was. You had an hour or two hours for a semester. So you start pushing up against that hour. And you know, if I check in now, well, now I'm going to get in trouble. I have to go talk to the Dean because I over, overstepped my boundaries. So what do I do? I stay out all night and wait till the security guard gets off duty or I climb up the side of the wall and have yeah, my friends let say, me in. Thank God window. for Robin Kurt, man, who <laughs> lives on the second floor that we could climb up and get into there. Those yeah. poor guys probably never got any sleep. Everyone is always trying to break in through there. Just knocking on the window. Hey, let me in, you know, because, but we all laughed about that, right? But isn't, isn't that just human nature? And that's a funny story. And I can still remember in the bitter winter of Minneapolis with my fingers on those brick walls, shimming across the, the wall, the ledge like to get an it. impossible wannabe. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think I've even fell into the bushes a couple of times, which makes it even more fun. Yeah. Uh, but isn't that just human nature that if we're always worried about, am I bending or breaking the rules? It sucks the fun out of life. Right. And then when we get too far afield, we're like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go all the way. I'm just going right. to, I'm going to forget the rules together. I'm just going to go do my own thing. And I, you know, to hell with the rest of you. Right. And that's, that, I think that's just exactly why we get ourselves in trouble to understand that the rules, the rules, right. That have been set in place weren't to suck the joy out of life. Right. It was actually for two reasons to keep you from harming yourself and from harming others. That was it. That again, that's good. Yeah. The, the rules, the regulations, the laws, I call them natural consequences of the universe are designed for our benefit. Right? We we view oftentimes we've been taught to view God as the hammer and we're the nail, right? right. Well, that's that's never going to go well. What if God wasn't the hammer, right? What if God knew if I fill up these uh air bumpers and I put them around the track, if I put them down, down the, so you talked about bowling earlier. If I put the air bumpers in the gutters of the bowling alley, then no matter what Joe does when he throws the ball, it's going to always bounce back into the lane. And eventually he's going to, he's going to knock some pins down and feel pretty good about himself. What if God's rules for us were air bumpers in the gutters saying, I want to keep you out of the gutter, brother. Right. I want to keep right. you out of the brother, son. Right. And right. so when you get off track, I'm going to nudge you back in. It's not to kill your joy. It's to actually enhance your experience. Right. And you, you know, you think about if it wasn't for gravity, Joe, man, I could dunk. Right. <laughs> we do. Right? But then again, everyone could dunk. Right. But yeah. if it wasn't for gravity, I couldn't dunk because I'd still be floating. 
<laughs> unless the basketball hoop is floating with me. I mean, the very thing that stops me from being able to dunk the ball also is what keeps me grounded. It's a rule. It's a law, right? And there's nothing wrong with gravity. Sometimes I get mad at gravity because my chest now is just down around my gut, right? Because, because, uh, you know, I'm blaming chest gravity. Drawers. On chest that. drawers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Chest goes in your drawers. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, yeah, we have all these what we we consider these rules of Christmas. These we we and we oftentimes we put them on ourselves. Right, that yes. Christmas has to you know we necessarily don't like rules, don't like laws. I mean, you might say that you do, but the moment you see in your rearview mirror, see police lights come on, everybody's heart kind of drops. Like, what did I do? And you know, oh great, that's just what I mean. No one goes, yay, a police officer come to enforce the rules. What did I break? Today, officer, what rule did I break? Tell me how much. No, I mean, so what I'm saying is nobody really enjoys having to, um, you know, have the law imposed on us, right? But we know it's there for our good. We like it when some idiot comes flying around us at, you know, too fast driving around the corner, whatever, you know. Right. But the only thing that's worse than that, or if that's even the right way to put it, but a lot of these rules, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to holidays, we have imposed them on ourselves, you think? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, so let's go back, take yourself back to the, your, your childhood or think of your kids when they were little, they didn't come into the holidays with a preset re- regulations or preset expectations of the holidays. They weren't like when they were one or two years old, they weren't like, well, Christmas has to have this food and this candy and these presents and right. Christmas has to have this tree and these lights. And how come you didn't do it right? Mom and dad. Right. Right. Zero, zero preconceived notions or expectations. And as a result, everything was awesome. Right. Right. Including the bubble wrap and the cardboard box and, you know, and and all the things we did. I mean, I grew up in a pretty modest home. And so my mom would find creative ways for us to get involved. And we so we'd bake the cookies that you take the cookie cutter and you bake them and then you paint them and put them on, make ornaments. And they look so delicious. You take one bite and they taste like salt and like, Oh, mom, what have you done? Mom's like, I told you they're, you know, so this is a perfect example. Mom makes this dough and helps us make it. And she says, okay, now use the cookie cutters, cut the shapes you want. I'll bake them and then we'll paint them. We'll put little hooks on them and hang them on the tree, but don't eat them. That, that was the one rule, right? Mom says, don't eat them. We're like, what do you mean? Don't eat them. They look so what good. Kind of They're cookies. Right. Why would you tell us not to eat cookies, mom? Right. right. And so then of course we did. You bite into it and it's like, <laughs> right. Immediate, immediately you want to throw it up. Was that my mom's fault? Yeah. Right. Could I blame right. my mom? Mom, right. why'd you do that? Right. Mom was trying to warn me in advance as much fun as this is. And I want to make it as good as I can for you guys. I would recommend, highly recommend you don't take a bite of it. And if you do, there'll be natural consequences, right? right? And so I love this quote. This comes right in here where I heard this, I don't know, it was a bumper sticker or whatever. It says, everything happens for a reason. And often the reason is you made a really bad decision. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just, it just reminds me, you know, that we don't come into the world with the preconceived expectations as to what Christmas has to be like. We're taught that. We're conditioned that way. And we we get this from the movies and we get this from the the music and we get this from our relatives but quite honestly those first few years are priceless when you're a parent because you can do no wrong right other than other than your kid biting into that really salty cookie <laughs> right and you and you know why that is you know why that that two-year-old can enjoy christmas so much that six-year-old can enjoy christmas so much because they haven't like i think this is what you're trying to say is they haven't imposed the rules on themselves like we have to have this we have to have that right? 
uh, a kid instead kids live their life getting lost in the moment getting found in the moment that they're in yes, right yeah. and which is cool because they have such a imagination for who they're going to be in the future so it's not ignoring the future right but right, they don't spend exactly a lot right. of time looking at the past right the yeah. kids that spend a lot of time looking at the past i think probably are the kids that don't have quite as much of a childhood as they would like to have right mm -hmm. but when we get lost in the moment when we get found in the moment that we're in we pay attention to the present live in the now so to speak i think that's how you get lost in the moment i think you know i'd like to I think one of the th reasons why we don't get lost in the moment is we're too fast. We're too in a hurry. It's everything is go, 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 go. And it needs to be slow, 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 slow. And there are times of the holidays where we are forced to slow down. And I think those are the peaceful times. And I think that we should force ourselves to slow down a lot more. But I think that's one of the reasons we can't be in the moment. We can't get, we get lost in Christmas instead of lost. We get lost at Christmas instead of lost in Christmas because getting lost at Christmas is when you're driving around like crazy. You're like, your head is cut off. Like your GPS is broken and you're, you get lost because you just go, 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 go. You're always moving. You're always like Kramer on Seinfeld, right? <laughs> you're always, you know, versus getting lost in Christmas means, hold on a second. I just got to pause for a minute. Like when Mr. Rogers doing a children's show broke all the rules, right? Yeah. And he tell the kids watching his show. Okay. We're going to pause for a minute. We're going to think about why we're grateful for one minute and a minute of silence on a child show. Are you kidding me? Right. But how often do we even do that in life? Yeah. Just pause. And, and I think that's what turns getting lost at Christmas into getting lost in Christmas is when, when you find yourself getting lost at Christmas, you need to find yourself in the moment. You want to get lost in the moment, find yourself in the moment, just slow down a minute and breathe. So Go in the closet if you have to find that <laughs> private place. <you> know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, two two brilliant uh, two thoughts bubbled up while you're talking about this, Stephen. So good. Uh, Dallas Willard, who's one of my favorite authors, passed away a few years ago. But Dallas Willard, one of the things that really jumped out of me in his writings, he says that hurry is the chief enemy of our soul. Hurry is the chief so enemy well. of our soul. So not good. the devil. Not the devil. Right. Not hate. Not war. Hurry is wow. the chief enemy of our soul. And I'm like, here's a guy who I really respect. I've read a lot of his stuff. He's brilliant. I'm like, what? And then he goes on to say, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Wow. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Wow. Now, this applies very much to this conversation and to this time of the year when it does become a mad hurry to do and get everything done. But how do you live? How do you get lost or found in a moment when you're always on to the next 7, 8, 10, 15 things that have to be done before we can have a good Christmas? Because right? we, we made that rule. We said right. they have to be done. Right? Who said? Yeah. yeah. And your five-year-old isn't saying, well, you have to do all these things uh, or I'm not going to have a good Christmas. No, that's the voice inside of us. Right? Those expectations that we have set on ourselves. And I, I'm with you, Steve. And you've, you made this mention the other day on Modern Day Alchemist that of all of the craziness that happens in a Christmas story with Ralphie and the BB gun and his family, at the end, the dad and mom are on the couch, bowling ball in hand. Then the, the kids are on the floor playing with their toys and their wrappings. And all of a sudden, it's the stillness in a crazy movie that's chaotic throughout and everything goes haywire 
which is fun to watch because we all like, well, that puts my life in a little bit of better perspective. Right. But, but then they have this moment where it's peaceful. It's full of peace, oh, even right. just for a minute where they're just, they're together and the bowling ball is hilarious and the, the toys are hilarious. But what, why that moment is important is because they realize it wasn't about the what, it wasn't about the when or the where or the why. It was about the who. And they're just together in that moment. And it becomes a beautiful space. So I, I came up with an acronym a while back for the word pause. And I want to insert it here because I think this might be helpful for those that are trying to figure out how do I make moments that and memories that matter? Which is, that's the topic for today. How How do we make moments and memories that matter in the hurry and flurry and hustle and bustle that is the holidays? So pause, P-A-U-S-E, prayerful attention unleashes spiritual or supernatural energy. Prayerful attention unleashes supernatural or spiritual. What does that mean to you, Joe? Yeah, to me, that is, I believe, you know, that all uh, all that we need is within us. We've been made in God's image and God is everywhere all the time. So I don't have to go searching for God because God is everywhere. Yes, I can find him in other places. As as the Psalms say, if I go to the highest mountains, there's God. If I go to the bottom of the seas, there's God. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, I often thought of that verse as, you know, when I get off on my own and try to do my own thing and get away from God, turns out that he's there anyway. And that may be a good interpretation. But recently I've turned it to say, on the highest mountains in the vast, beautiful um, vista, this perspective I've never had before, I see God because of the beauty and the amazing view I've got. And if I go to the bottom of the oceans, I get to see creatures that I didn't even know existed, right? And there's God in in creation. So no matter where I go, if I'm willing to look for it, and we will find what we look for, we know that, right? We create the world that we pay attention to. We talk about yeah. this a lot. But prayerful attention means rather than looking exterior, right? I'm going to the enjoy word again. Inside of me, if I give prayerful attention, which is that pause, stop the hurry and the worry and the hustle and the bustle, then by giving that prayerful attention to what is true, that's just been distracted, it's been covered up by distractions, it unleashes in me that spiritual supernatural energy that has been just waiting silently, carefully whispering to me, hey, Joe, don't forget, there's something a little more important than all the to-do lists that you've got and should do lists, right? And so if I just take a moment, <laughs> a minute perhaps, and do the do the Mr. Rogers thing, I can actually unleash that spiritual energy that's inside of me just waiting for me to tap into it. I get to turn the faucet on. just takes a minute of prayerful attention. Yeah, it's already in there, right? It's and I, I think, you know, way I was raised, I think probably you too, but the way I was raised, uh, what prayer was, there was nothing to pause about it, right? It was always, boy, all the words, talk, intercessory. Talk, yeah, talk, it was talk, talk. talk. You, you have to feel the moment. You have to, you know, let's just pause for a second, right? Yeah. I think prayer is pausing. I think it's pausing with a purpose, you know? I think it's relaxing. Um, and prayer it, is pausing with a purpose. I got to say yeah, that again. That's so good. Yeah. Prayer, pausing with purpose. That's so and good. I think that, and that's why I love your, you know, pause acronym, which is, you know, prayerful attention unleashes spiritual energy. And that energy is already inside of us. But if we just keep going like this all the time, you can't 
you can't let that out. You can't, it's all boxed inside of you and lights that are boxed inside of us. They don't do any good. They don't light anything up. We've got to get them out of the box. So right? good. Yes. You know, and I like that, you know, Dallas Willard, that those are some pretty potent words, relentlessly, no, ruthlessly eliminate, right? Yes. But you think about it. If hurry is the enemy of our souls, if someone is trying to get, is is actually in our house to do us bodily harm, to do damage to us, to do damage to our house, we are going to ruthlessly eliminate them. If we've got okay. rodents in our house, we are going to ruthlessly, ruthlessly eliminate them. And all hurry just like Kevin, them. just like Kevin and Home Alone did with those guys who are trying to rob it's his. Exactly house. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly right. You know, and Take that's this. what. Uh huh. And <laughs> and that's what uh you know that's what a hurry is. It's a bully. It's a rodent. You know, and we need to ruthlessly eliminate that from our lives, especially if we want to get lost in Christmas. And so, man, when we take the rules off, the rules that we impose on ourselves and say Christmas has to look like this. How about because there's so much of that work that's out of our control and you Absolutely. can't control it. You can't change it. You can't change oh, what's going to happen necessarily. You can right. change how you respond to it. But um, if we just say, you know, I'm going to get lost in the moment. And that was one of the moments I got uh, that I've had so far this holiday season already is I watched that movie, you know, and all it was alone? at the very end when all the lights are off and oh, it's a story. touching moment where, when, when Gavin, you know, the dad is always right. And he's sitting on the couch and his wife walks by and he says, Hey, come here. And she walks over and you see this gentle side of him, you know, and you saw that too. when the kids are opening the presents and, and all of a sudden she sits right next to the couch on him and, and they see snow falling outside this peaceful snow and he he reaches his hand out and he puts his hand on her shoulder which you wouldn't picture him doing and she puts her hand on on his shoulder you know but they had to pause in that moment and i think pausing is one of the greatest ways to get in the moment to find yourself in the moment you know that you are in yeah so i'm just amazed steve and i didn't pre-plan this talk um and we can we have the gift of gab so we could talk at length about anything but the way this conversation has unfolded to me is absolutely beautiful because we've gone all over the Christmas map talking about the different shows and stories and have pulled out some beautiful truths that actually answer the question of our topic here from Charlie Brown to Mr. Rogers to the Grinch to uh, even Talladega Nights and now Home Alone and the Christmas story, right? These are all hilarious stories. And on the surface, you wouldn't think that they're teaching us life lessons. But again, this goes back to me that the life lessons and the God of life, the created life, is ready, willing, and able to show us the best way to live if we're looking for it, right? Yeah. But oftentimes we're not looking for that. We're looking for the the next dopamine hit, the next serotonin hit, the next release of the endorphins in my brain so I kind of feel good for a second, which of course doesn't last. It's not sustainable. And right. so I just think this whole conversation is a reminder that no matter where you look, whether you look inside or outside, God's there, right? Top yeah. of the mountain, bottom of the ocean. And if, 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 it's a big question. Two word, two letters. If you're willing to pause long enough to say, what can I learn? How can I grow? Fill me with peace and joy and love and hope. You know, the some people grew up in a tradition of Advent. Advent is the, the season, four weeks or so leading up into Christmas. And usually they divide it into four 
categories. There's readings, there's candles. Some of you may uh, be familiar with the Advent wreath. And I've, I've really enjoyed that tradition. But ultimately, it's these four, it's around these four gifts, love, peace, joy, and hope. And then it ultimately comes down to Christ, the who. But I'm thinking, this is really the essence of what we want in Christmas. We think it's all these other things because we've been taught it's all these other things and we expect it should be these other things. But when it comes down to it, what do we really want? You want love, peace, joy, and hope, right? And it's found in Christ. So the Advent season is a reminder every year, hey, slow down instead of speeding up and, and let the anticipation build in you to uh, the moments that truly matter. And that's who, the who's that are around you, the who that you are, and the who that made you. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we think all these things are going to bring us those things. Yeah. We think the perfect gift is going to bring us the love, but the love is already there. And the truth is, oftentimes, if if we make them the main things, like I said, pumpkin pie is delicious, but, it become, but if it becomes the main course, it doesn't work, right? Ooh. And pretty soon you find yourself exactly right, you know? <laughs> and, you know, if, if you know, you talk prayer, according, pausing, according to you, your acronym, which is so good, is prayerful attention unleashes spiritual energy, right? One of the biggest reasons of prayer, in my opinion, one of the reasons why I want to communicate with God is because I want to find out what the solution is. It's not me talking at him. It's me pausing with a purpose. What mm -hmm. is the answer right now? I need to know. I'm anxious. I'm angry. I'm sad. My emotions are trying to tell me something. Instead of ignoring them, instead of trying to be grinchless and get rid of all those negative emotions so I can enjoy my Christmas, so I can enjoy my life. No, the Grinch is trying to, the Grinch taught them all a huge lesson, right? And truth okay. is, Cindy Lou Who, that child that you talked about, right? She's the one that taught the Grinch the lesson. Actually, the lesson was already, the answer was already in the Grinch. Okay. She unleashed it. And I, I think that we need to find the Grinches in our life, especially the people, right? The Who's that are, the Grinch was still a Who, right? But yeah. he, he had the Christmas stolen from him. There's a lot of people out there that are having the joy, the hope, uh, you know, the peace, they have it stolen from them. And it's a, a season of giving. And what if we made Christmas about giving hope, not giving presents, mm -hmm. giving joy, not giving eggnog, right? <laughs> giving <laughs> peace, right, to the Grinches that are around us. Um, I think that's when we can get lost in Christmas and find ourselves, you know, in that moment. Yeah, so good. So good, so good. Um, so here we are. We got few minutes left about seven minutes left and and i like what you, you're you always remind me steve what can we give people a practical a hack a suggestion right to just seed their hearts and minds uh for for those of you that are listening either tuned in or listening after the fact that are already feeling that the pressure of the expectations of the yeah. holidays which is inevitable that's the way we've been trained unfortunately but that doesn't mean we have to accept that. So let me ask you, Steve, how, how do you push back against the pressure, external pressure that's already begun because it's December and find peace, hope, love and joy in a season where the messaging isn't always helpful in that regard? Right. And I think that's a that's a great question to ask. And I think that how you you the way you worded it. Right. We talked about the rules and sometimes we rebel against those rules. We push back up against those rules. That's what we got to do. You use the word pushback. 
uh, Dallas Willard uses the word ruthlessly eliminate. And if you're going to rebel, we're all, we all have some rebellion in us. We all have the Grinch in us. We all have the mayor in us. We all have Cindy Lou Who in us as well. Yes. Right. We all have that little bit of rebellion side. It's just, what are you going to rebel against? Right. And I say when, when something gets, when, when my body, my emotions, my spirit, my inner being isn't right. When it is, in knots, like the lights on Christmas story, Christmas vacation, <laughs> when he says, Russ, can you, un-, you know, when it's not right, then that's a sign to me of what's going on. And I, I rebel. I have to push back. I have to ruthlessly eliminate, go, wait a minute. Why am I feeling this way? And then when I figure out why I'm feeling this way, then I can do something about it. But for me, for me, it's like, I got I to gotta pause. I got to pause. And I'm even pausing in my language. The only reason I'm talking a little bit faster, I know, is if I give you too much time in the same way, if you pause too long, I'm going to jump in there, right? But I think for me, the the key is to be in the moment. And to be in the moment, we've got to stop the rush. You know, the four things of Advent are not hurry, spend, worry, worry, right? Impress, right? You know, perform. They're not. It's peace and hope. And we got to push back and remember that Christmas, this this time, really our whole the whole year. It's it's you know it's like in the uh, uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I saw that this year too, the the black and white one, and where you know when Santa Claus goes up to the lady that that works at Macy's or whatever it is, right? She's the one that's in charge of the parade and everything, and she hired him to be their Santa Claus and. And uh, he said something along the lines of, um, you know, I'm just really concerned about Christmas. You know, where is it going? And she says, oh, Christmas is here. It'll always be here. Just pushed him off. He says, no, it's not. Christmas isn't a day. It's a lifestyle. It's a mentality. It's mm-hmm. uh, And, you know, we talk about turning our, this was your line, but turning our Thanksgiving into Thanksgiving. Uh, that's what I want to do with the whole holiday season. It's, it's We're just more hyper-focused on it over the holidays. And that's what kind of makes it so, so warm, but that's a long answer to, to the, the I'll simplify it all. I, I, we've got to pause and think about the right now. Look at what's around me right now. Look at who the who's in Whoville that are in my Whoville right now. And I would also say this, you don't have to make Christmas perfect. Christmas already is perfect with all the imperfections. If you get rid of the Grinch, it's no longer perfect. If you get rid of, if you make Christmas Grinchless, it's no longer perfect. The imperfections are part of what make Christmas so perfect, make it so complete. So don't try to make Christmas perfect this year. It already is perfect. Just pause and be in it. Get yourself lost in Christmas. So good. Yeah. Now I would suggest too that um, I want you to think about collapsing two holidays together. Bring Thanksgiving into your Christmas. Yeah. We often think that Thanksgiving now is behind us. Yeah. I say, no, no. As you said, Christmas isn't a holiday. It's a lifestyle. Thanksgiving is not a holiday. It's an attitude of your heart. Yeah. And I would say in those moments when you pause, fill the void with Thanksgiving. Collapse your holidays. Bring Thanksgiving into Christmas so that they become one and the same. Yeah. And by the way, when you fill your pause with gratitude, it changes how you enjoy the holidays rather than thinking what you want, what you don't have, what you wish could have been, who you wish could have been there on and on about 
what's wrong with my holiday. That's really what you're saying. That's really what I'm saying. I'm not going to accuse anybody. When I get to there, I am, I am saying all the things that I think should be different so that I can enjoy, forgetting that enjoy starts with me. And how do I do that? Not only do I pause, but I fill the pause with so gratitude, with that's gratitude, so fill it with gratitude, right? Yeah. And that's when the pause is filled with gratitude, it changes, it doesn't change the circumstances, but it certainly changes the way I experience the circumstances that I'm in. So I, this, this thought came to mind. You know, here's the word nerd coming out of me, right? So Santa Claus, I'm thinking of a cat, Santa Claus, he's got the, got the, got his claws out and they're into us and we're scratching and crawling and clawing to get all the stuff that we think Santa says we're supposed to do, right? The Santa mentality. But guess what? Inside of those claws, if he retracts them, they become Santa paws. Paws, wow. right? Wow. Santa plus. So I'm, sa- I'm tell- wow. telling myself, as I'm telling you, retract the claws from Santa and turn it into a Santa paws. So where good. you eliminate the hurry and the worry and the hustle and bustle from your life. And in the pause, the soft, lovely pause, have a silent moment. Silent night is one of the most favored Christmas carols of all time. Why is that? Just because it's a nice tune? Because it's got nice words? Yes and yes. And because what we forget is it reminds us that in the hustle, bustle, crazy, nuts o world of the Santa Claus, what we want is the Santa pause where we stop and we silent, silently so receive the truth of what is, right? So, so, so turn good. Santa Claus into Santa pause and fill that silence with gratitude. And I'm telling you, you'll make your moments into memories that matter. Boom. Mic drop. Right on the money. Right on the money, baby. So good. Show me the money. No, I just don't show me the money. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole I'll other take thing. some of that. It's Christmas That's time. That's right. Hey, uh, on behalf of Steve Hayes, who I have known and loved for many decades now, I just want to tell you from the bottom of our hearts that it's our intention, it's our hope, it's our prayer that whatever, whatever moments you have spent with us become moments that matter because they help you think a little bit differently, right? Re- think it's this is i'm not, I'm not going to get too into this but there's this uh religious overtone that we have to fix everything we have to repent and that's a biblical word but the repent just means think about it a little differently and decide you know what i'm going in a bad direction it's not good for me it's not going to be purple around me so i just turn around repent just means do a u-turn right or not U-turn. even a u-turn it because it doesn't say turn 180 degrees it just means to turn it just, just means right. to you just have to adjust. We got to con- if we constantly repent, we don't have to turn 180 degrees. If I have to turn and go, go completely around, I've made a lot of bad turns. But if I constantly <laughs> am adjusting myself, you know, then if I'm adjusting my path, then I don't have to turn 180 degrees. And that's that's really the point, you know. Yeah. It really is. And we sure appreciate you guys. And thanks for joining us. And we hope this makes your holidays happier and fills it with pause with gratitude. Yeah. Don't let your holidays become a holidays, right? Be in the moment. Be grateful for what has happened. Imagine great things to come, but be all about the who. Right? Christmas is all about the who. You who. <laughs> all right. Bless you, friends. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Be a nerd and be proud. <laughs>